Why do we work hard to solve small problems? Why do we reinvent ourselves and our clients over and over? And why are we giving away marketing strategy for free? It's time to bring home bigger paychecks. It's time to create the lifestyle we deserve and to make a greater impact. This is the Fractional CMO Show, and I'm Casey Stanton. Join me as we explore this growing industry and learn to solve bigger problems. Hey, it's Casey here, and in this episode, I want to talk to you about the duality of control and no control. Dualism, I think, is very interesting. Uh, there's, it, it, it's this general idea that you can hold two competing worldviews at the same time. Um, you know, you could say that I am everything and I am nothing at the same time. Like, duality is um, something that I've just like grown to appreciate more and more. I used to think that there was one thing that you would you could have, but if you kind of look at the kind of interconnectedness of all things, um, I think it's appropriate to see some situations where there's duality. Um, there's this really wonderful book. It's called Already Free. It's by Bruce Tift. It's kind of a Buddhist approach to mindfulness and, and that kind of stuff. Um, I thought it was a really powerful book. And he talks about um, kind of the duality of East versus West, and uh, namely this idea of like, uh, I am and I am becoming. It's a duality. You hold both things. It is true that you are, and it is also true that you are becoming. Um, so I, I like that. And, and this is applied as a fractional CMO. So let's talk about how we make this about a fractional CMO. It's the duality of control and no control. So my question to you is, where do you have control as a fractional CMO? Where do you have control as a fractional CMO? You may have control over copy, right? Like the words that are said on an advertisement. You might have some control over that. You might also have control over focus and priority. As a CMO, it's your job to choose the most important thing to do. You know, people ask, is it hard to be a CMO? And the answer is, it's not that it's hard. It's just that the downstream outcomes of the decisions I make or you make impact more things. They're just more complex problems that you're solving. They're just bigger problems. So you choosing a focus is something you're in control of. So for example, you could be on a call with a client uh, and that client is saying, oh, we need a new CRM. Oh, we need this view. We need this thing over here. We need a new website. We need, what's up with the direct mail campaign? Hey, the webinar doesn't feel like it has enough people on it, uh, registered for it, and it's in a couple days. And all of these kind of competing things happening, you do have the opportunity to control where you're focusing. So it's your job as the CMO to say, ooh, I'm going to take a deep breath. I invite you to take a deep breath with me. You just kind of chill out and you see what's up. And you kind of hear everyone chattering on that call or all the emails or all the signals or all the slacks or all the Skypes that you're getting or the text messages or wherever you get your communication from. You're kind of reviewing all of that. And you say, what is the most important thing? What's the thing, if solved, has the biggest outcome? This is where you have control. You know, that answer might be the thing that has the fastest way to generate cash. It might be the thing that stops the bleeding the fastest. Right? 
It might be the thing that is the long-term fix like SEO, but it's going to take a long time. And, you know, the focus should be on SEO, even though you won't get a great result maybe for a year. Okay. You choosing where to put the focus and priority, you have control over that. You also have control over the vibe or the mood or the energy. I think this is incredibly important. I like business stuff. If you're listening to this, you probably do too. Because there's plenty other podcasts that you could listen to right now where you can listen to a, a really great fiction story. But if you like business, you don't want to show up and do your thing with a bunch of people that aren't excited for you to be there. For a bunch of people that don't want to be there, right? You want enthusiasm and positivity. You have control over creating an environment for that to exist. I think it's incredibly important to have a great mood. Like if you work on Mondays, remember as a fractional CMO, you can kind of choose when you want to work. But let's say you choose to work Mondays. Do you roll into your desk on Mondays and feel jazzed up to be there? Or do you feel kind of dragged down because someone just doesn't have the, the energy for you? You have control over setting the tone for energy and mood and vibe. But you also don't have control over some things. What are some things you don't have control over? Well, one thing that you don't have control over is the changing CPM. So this is the cost per mail, the cost to advertise. You, you don't have any control over how much it costs to advertise. You do have control over the efficacy of your ads and your conversion rate of your ads or your lead to impression of your ads. You may have control over that, but you don't really have a lot of control over your cost per lead. Yeah, you do if your ad's more effective, but CPMs could double overnight and that's outside of your control. So you have no control over CPMs. You have no control over platform errors. We've had some errors um, that have kind of cropped up in my life recently on, on platforms like Facebook ads, like running some Facebook ads and doing everything by the book. And then Facebook just having a bad day and your account getting flagged and then not being able to get it unflagged for weeks. And that means no advertising. That can happen outside of your control. What else can happen that's outside of your control? You can work on uh, a webinar and you can write really great copy or you can lead the team to write really great copy and the team, the team deploys that copy and you've got this webinar that's just getting a ton of registrations, great cost per lead, you just did a great job kind of leading the strategy of it, the team's firing on all cylinders and it comes time for the webinar and one of the presenters accidentally, when they're done presenting, hits the end webinar button instead of the leave room button. That could happen kind of outside of your control, right? Or maybe the Amazon S3 or, you know, AWS uh, has a heart attack and you can't register people or you can't turn on your big event um, when it was time. Um, that hasn't happened to me recently, but we've had some scary times when registration right up until the start of the event was kind of offline because of an AWS issue, which was a huge issue. And we were one of probably tens of thousands of businesses that were affected that day. That could happen to you outside of your control. So there's this duality you have to hold on to as the CMO, which is this idea of like holding on to an outcome as like you got to get there, but then you kind of hold on softly to how you get there. You can't say 90 days before something's going to be complete, everything that's going to happen over the next 90 days. You don't know. You don't know. There's a whole bunch of... Um, Things that could go wrong. 
uh, call them black swan events like a global pandemic. I talked to a woman who started up a travel agency. I think she launched it in February or maybe March of 2020. Ooh, <laughs> ooh, and took a bunch of friends and family money. Oof, could you imagine that pain? Like it was a great idea for a business, possibly worth where she was and what she knew and her insider information, and then she took money from friends and family, and then COVID, and she believed in her dream, and you know, oof, scary. Things are inside of your control, and things are outside of your control. So, what do you do with this? What do you do with this idea? I think the first thing that you do with it as a CMO is you know where things need to be. And you have a timeline to get there. I'm a big believer in pushing other people towards a timeline. And I like to do it in months and quarters. Sprints, months and quarters. Um, But quarters are kind of easiest just for initial discussion here. So you say by the end of the year or by the end of March, March 31st at 5 p.m. Eastern time, I want this complete. You give people major outcomes like that. If you direct people and give them clear outcomes and have them own those outcomes and then let those people working for your clients do that work, they're going to learn a lot and get a lot done and they won't need your day-to-day management because you're overseeing them getting an outcome and not doing individual tasks. It's a nice thing, but maybe they don't deliver by the end of the quarter. Maybe they're relying on a vendor outside their control who got sick or had a baby and didn't tell anyone that they were pregnant or, you know, whatever the issue is, there's some things that are outside of your control. Your job as the CMO is to push kind of by any means necessary to get the outcome delivered, let's say by March 31st, and also kind of hold softly that March 31st was a little made up. And if it happens on April 10th, it's not the end of the world. Obviously not everything can pass its uh, due date, especially if you have like a live event product launch, things like that. But you kind of have to know, as the CMO, the things that have a little bit of uh, wiggle room and the things that don't. And you should treat all things, generally speaking, as they don't have much wiggle room um, until it comes down to the wire. And then maybe you grant an extra week or two on a deadline because, you know, it kind of doesn't matter. You have control over some things and you don't have control over other things. One of my favorite exercises that I learned is this kind of stoic act of negative visualization. I'm just kind of chilling out and saying, what could go wrong here? Let me tell you one thing that could probably go wrong with your clients. If you're spending any considerable money on a daily basis on Facebook ads, your account will get shut down in the next few years. Won't be your fault, probably. Might be. You might do something dumb, right? You might... uh, put a bunch of bad words in there, your account might get hacked. Um, Or maybe you just trigger Facebook on a bad day and Facebook puts you into a queue for a manual review and that queue is really long and it takes weeks for them to get to you and to finally resolve it. Or maybe they need you to resubmit some information and you you don't have that information and you got to go through the legal department for your client to get it or whatever it is. Odds are your Facebook, your client's Facebook account is going to get suspended for some amount of time and may get shut down for good. It's scary and you can't do anything about it. Kind of doesn't matter who you know. It's pretty tough to get those reinstated. Now, not impossible, um, but tough. Better to have a plan. So while there are things that you have control over and no control over, the things that you have no control over, you need to think what could go wrong and make a plan around it. And the things that you have control over, what could go wrong and make a plan around it. I have control over running Facebook ads, sure. 
I don't have control over Facebook having a bad day and deciding to put me in timeout. So what do I do about it? Maybe I set up a second Facebook account and only use it for a certain type of marketing so there's a little bit of spend on it. Two separate accounts. Now, it's your job to check with Facebook's terms of service to see if that's the right move or if that's the right risk for you to take. But just consider what would happen if you lost the ability to advertise. So you hold this kind of duality as a CMO. Things you have control over, things you have no control over. And you, you do that underneath the direction that you set, which is the priority or the focus. And it's your job to hold those things kind of tightly and softly at the same time, knowing that if everything works out, maybe everything will work out. And also maybe something won't work out. Someone will get sick. Something will go wrong. Tech will break. The company that you've been using, uh, we, just, we were just using a middleware tool. Um, I forget the name of it. And it just sunset or it just got acquired maybe by Squarespace or something. And then I guess they just gave it a slow death. So we had to move all of our uh, middleware automation from whatever that tool was over to Zapier. And we slowed things down. Our development cycle was delayed as a result of that. Totally outside of my control, something I never could have really predicted. But you got to roll with the punches. So realize when things are in your control and make a plan in case they go wrong. You know, spend some time doing some negative visualization. And then the other side, when things are outside of your control, they'll potentially go wrong. Know what they are. Kind of appreciate what they are. Um, yeah, and, and know that when something comes up that's outside of your control, that it's outside of your control, and you're doing the best you can. Maybe the best advice I ever heard on that, on something outside of your control, was if it hurts you, it's probably also hurting your competitors. If CPMs are rising, they're not just rising for you, they're rising for all your competitors too. Right? If it's the holiday season or an election cycle, and there's just a ton of competing advertisements that are really... Um, you know, juicy, uh, that's happening to your competitors too. So it's equally hurting everybody, which not the end of the world, right? It's kind of nice to see other people in the same position you are. Yeah, just take solace that the things that you can control, you can come up with plans in case they go wrong. And the things that you can't control, appreciate what they are, know what those moving pieces are and, and hold those outcomes in a way that allows you to move forward and grow the business without being so attached to an outcome that you kind of have no control over maybe achieving. It requires a dance. It requires kind of a softness um, to back up your strong leadership. So I hope that's helpful. Uh, I, I've been thinking about that a lot recently as, you know, some projects are um, ahead of schedule and some projects in my life are behind schedule. And the stuff that's behind schedule, some of it I kind of look at in reflection and say, I never thought that could have happened. Yeah. Um, there's a small kind of additional piece here, which, which I love. Uh, it's this idea of your prediction muscle. And I wonder how strong your prediction muscle is. How good are you at predicting anything? Anything that you do. You're doing a marketing campaign, how good are you at predicting? You say, oh, we're gonna do a webinar. I don't know, in my mind it's pretty simple. We're gonna sign up for Zoom webinar, we're gonna do like three emails, we can send them out of active campaign, should be pretty straightforward. So you think, man, maybe it'll take us like a day and a half to do. And you know, next thing you know, it takes you five days to do. And the reason is because you didn't predict it well, because you didn't think it through well and think of all the kind of gotchas that could happen. You didn't think about the integrations that weren't previously set up or how the SOPs were so outdated that no one could follow them. Your prediction muscle is something that takes a little bit of time to reflect on every time you make a big decision. But when you reflect on it, 
and then you do the thing, and then you evaluate how good your prediction was, I mean, you're probably going to be wrong, right? You're probably going to underpredict or overpredict all the time. But the idea is over time, you get better at predicting. If you have direct reports, it's a great question for them too. Hey, you're doing this thing. You're going to do this press release. Great. That sounds great. Um, how many clicks do you think we're going to get back to our website? Because to them, they're thinking, I have to check off the box that says issue press release that was approved by the CEO. You're saying, what do you think the impact's going to be? And then you can have just an open conversation of what that impact's going to be. And then three days after the, it drops on the wire, you say, how many clicks did we get? And they said, oh, 20% less than I guessed or 200% less than I guessed or, or whatever it is. Um, it helps people get better at predicting outcomes and gets them away from just this droning do, do, do. Ultimately, that's what you want from your team is you want them to predict an outcome and do the thing that generates the best outcome instead of just checking off the task list. So a couple things for you to kind of hold on to there. The duality of control and no control, and then also strengthening this focus muscle. You can strengthen it in everything that you do. How long does it take you to shop for groceries? Predict before you do it. Don't rush yourself. Just predict. Shop for groceries. See how long it took. See if you can just get better at understanding yourself, understanding how long things take. Um, yeah, and, and it, it only helps you in every single aspect of your life. All right. If you're interested in seeing if we can help you become a fractional CMO, you can just go get a copy of my book. That's a cool way to see if, if, uh, if you like us. Um, head over to cmox.co slash book, cmox.co slash book, and you can grab a copy of my number one Wall Street Journal best-selling book, The Fractional CMO Method. You can also grab it on Amazon or wherever else you get your books. It's like at a thousand places. Um, but we've got a lower price on the website. If you go to cmox.co slash book, you can grab the ebook so you can start reading it immediately. You can grab the audiobook so you can hear me read it to you, kind of like a, you know, if that if that's your thing. Um, I I like audiobooks more than you know written books. Um, or maybe you do like the double up thing where you listen and you read at the same time. It's kind of crazy. Uh, and then we also have a, a master class there if you're interested in choosing a niche as a fractional CMO. I go through like my best thoughts and experiences of coaching um, dozens of uh, marketers to become fractional CMOs and then on choosing niches. There are some niches that are great where there's a ton of money and there's some niches that you got to avoid and there's different qualifications for each niche that you're in. And I, and I go through that night and, and I kind of uncover it. So you can grab that there at cmox.co slash book as you pick up a copy of the book. All right. I'm excited for you because if you're listening to this, it means that you're interested in becoming a fractional CMO. I, I regularly reflect on my life and, and where I want to be and, and everything. And I can't think of a vehicle more powerful as a marketer than a fractional CMO. It's the one vehicle that can drive you as far as you want to go. You want to go make a hundred grand a year, work on a couple hours a week. You can do it pretty easy as a fractional CMO. You want to go make 500 grand a year working from home, hanging out with your family, having breakfast, lunch, and dinner with them all the time, you can do that too. There's a ton that you can do as a fractional CMO. Maybe you want to be a nomad and go live in an RV. Uh, if you do, like, write to me. Let me know. I, I lived in an RV for a couple years with my wife um, just before and after we got married. I uh, would love to hear your plans. Um, you can do that too as a fractional CMO. If you want to go backpack Europe and check in with your clients once a week from an internet cafe, you can do that as a fractional CMO. Do you have a family member that's in, um, uh, in the hospital and you can't work a lot and you want to still make a lot of money and solve big problems and stay intellectually stimulated? You can become a fractional CMO. 
All this stuff's available to you if you want to do it. I can't think of any other role in marketing that has this level of prestige, um, power. Uh, power feels like a weird word, right? Because you can wield it poorly. But, you know, it's power in a good way. It's like being able to direct businesses to make them um, more valuable. It's, it's, a, it's an incredible power. And just then the freedom and flexibility. I know some people that don't like to work Mondays. They don't like to work mornings. They don't like to work Wednesdays. They take Fridays off. Like they work, you know, a little bit every single day. Whatever they want to do, whatever's right for them, it's possible as a fractional CMO. So if you want any help with that, grab a copy of the book. Um, in there, you'll read a bunch of great stuff uh, that I wrote about how to become a fractional CMO. And then if you want our help, you can go to cmox.co slash call and uh, we'll have a couple phone calls and see if we can help you. And if we can, then we'll, we'll show you how. That's it. So grab a copy of the book, cmox.co forward slash book. All right, take care. Thank you for joining us for today's show. For more information and episodes, visit our site at fractionalcmoshow.com. Go ahead and punch that like and subscribe button on your favorite podcast app. It means a lot, at least to my mom. 